Jameer Young saves Christmas for Maryland basketball. You are Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for 247 Sports and InsideMarylandSports.com and host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you for making us part of your day, and I hope everyone had a great Christmas with their family. But let's get into this episode. Jameer Young, it's been a couple days ago, but Jameer Young on Friday against UCLA Saved Christmas for all of the Maryland basketball fans, at least for a little bit. He absolutely saved the season almost single-handedly. Not, It's still a team effort overall, but let's be honest. Jameer Young saved Maryland's basketball season from going into the drain and saying, we don't really have much of a shot later on to get into March. The game was a little bit ago, like I said. It was all the way back on Friday. Yesterday, we had a crossover episode talking about Auburn and Maryland's Music City Bowl, so make sure you go check that out. But I still wanted to talk about this performance from Jameer Young. Even though it seems a little bit outdated now a little bit, not really, but it did happen a little bit ago. There's been a whole weekend. There's been a lot of Maryland Terrapins football, basketball news. But this Jameer Young game, in this game against UCLA, there was way too much to take away from. And it was our last huge game on the road and our last huge non-conference game that we absolutely had to have. We had to have it. And Jameer Young was not going to let UCLA win this game. It was one of the best games I have seen from a Maryland Terrapins guard. And I never thought of Jameer Young amongst the elite of Maryland basketball point guards. I think part of it was because he he's only been here two years now and he wasn't like a four-year player. Maybe if he came in Maryland as a freshman and like played right away, like kind of a mellow Trimble deal, kind of an Anthony Cowan kind of deal, kind of one of those guys. So I've never thought of him as like, Oh, he's on that type of level in terms of his Maryland history and what he has done as a Maryland basketball player because he didn't start here. He didn't start as a Maryland player. But over these past two years, and specifically getting into this year, what Jameer Young is doing is pretty amazing. This was one of the best performances I had ever seen from a Maryland basketball player. And I'm not as old as some of the other people, so I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the other guys because I'm only 19 years old and I didn't get a chance to see a lot of different Maryland basketball players. But I did get to see a good bit, and this was one of the better players' performances that I have seen from a Maryland basketball player. To go on the road, because we know what Maryland doesn't do well. They don't go on the road and win games right now. Rarely ever do we win games. This was our first road win of the season. You would think we would have a road win by this time in the season, but no, we don't have a road game. If you remember, we went on the road in the Asheville Championship. We dropped two. We went on the road to Villanova. We dropped that one. We've won our games at home, but we have not gotten a road win yet. So getting this win against UCLA on the road and for Jameer Young to play like he did 
on the road is absolutely huge. And it was single-handedly he beat UCLA. It was it was basically all him. And he dropped 37. I know I haven't said what he dropped. He dropped 37 points against UCLA. And college basketball, that is something. And the NBA, okay. KD or Luka or Devin Booker or one of those type of scores, they'll drop 37 because it's a different game. It's so much more space. Watch the NBA game versus college basketball game. They also have a longer game. They have more opportunities to get more shots up, and those guys are just elite scorers of the ball. But when you watch a college player drop almost 40 points, it's amazing. It's truly amazing to watch because of how hard it is in college basketball to drop that many points because they'll start keying in on you. And it's not like an NBA where, oh, if if we double Durant, oh, there's a wide open shooters in the corner. Maryland basketball, oh, we double Jameer Young. Oh, there's an open shooter. Oh, they don't shoot very high. They shoot one of the worst. They're the one of the worst shooting teams in all of Power Five. It is really hard when teams game plan in college basketball for a guy to single-handedly win this game. And I'm going to say this. Obviously, it's a team effort. Obviously, it's about everyone around him. And it's a team game. Basketball is a team game. Five guys are on the court versus their five. But he single-handedly won this game. He did. Him and Dante Scott single-handedly won this game. With Jameer Young dropping 37, I want to make sure to give Dante Scott his props. Dante Scott had 17 points, and Dante Scott has kind of turned it on as of late. We've been waiting for Dante Scott. We need Dante Scott. We need him to be the third scorer. We need him to make shots. We need him to shoot a really high percentage from the three-point arc, which is what he's been doing. He's been do- he's been shooting really well over the last couple of games. We need him to post up and be able to post up smaller players when he's playing more of the three or even when he's at the four and for some reason has a switch we need Dante Scott to get, okay, he's not going to get 17 every game, but we need him to get 13, 14 points. We're going to need those type of performances going into big time play for Dante Scott. So Dante Scott had 17, and this is what's so impressive about this performance. Outside of Dante Scott, nobody else was in double figures, and nobody else really helped out. So he did this on his own. It wasn't like, oh, okay. UCLA had to worry about Julian Reese and Geronimo and Deshaun Harrison. Deshaun Harrison had nine. He had a very solid day, made a three, a big time three. He had a he had a solid day. Nine was solid for Deshaun Harrison, but it wasn't like he had 15 or something. Nobody else was in double digits besides Jameer Young and Dante Scott. And the reason I say Jameer Young saved our season was because. It felt over. If we lost this game to UCLA, okay, maybe there was ways to kind of get the season back on track. Maybe in Big Ten play, if you go on some crazy, unrealistic, probably run, maybe. But this was the game that was like either we can say, oh, we got a lot of momentum and we still have a chance to make it in March if we put together a good Big Ten resume and get some wins in the Big Ten play. We still have a chance, but if we lose this game to UCLA, it kind of felt like we don't have a chance later on. It felt like we wouldn't have had any really notable wins outside going into Big Ten play and really no big-time out-of-conference wins and no wins on the road, and it would definitely hurt our resume, and it would kind of feel over for the momentum. So Jameer Young 
save the season. He got no help for anyone from anyone else really besides Dante Scott. Obviously, other players had good plays, made big plays here, whether it was a Jordan Geronimo three or anything. Players made big plays in certain spots, but it was mainly all Jameer Young with almost having 40 points. And the most impressive thing maybe about this all, he did it without Julian Reese. We won a game without Julian Reese, which going into the game, I didn't think we could do. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later, but Jameer Young, oh, Jameer Young had his 37, but Julian Reese only had one point and was in foul trouble. So Jameer Young did it without the threat of the teams having to worry about Julian Reese, which is interesting, which is really impressive because UCLA, okay, maybe they didn't adjust like they should have, but Jameer Young, they could have focused on him more. At halftime, you would have thought they were like, okay, don't let this guy have any more points. He had 23 in the first half. And, okay, I keep saying the most impressive thing, but the way he did it was so efficiently. This this was also really impressive. How efficient Jameer Young was from the floor without Julian Reese having a big day. He was 13 of 19 from the field. He was four of six from the three-point line. He did it super, he did it really efficiently. He's not dropping 37 without an efficient game. He could have easily been like 28 points if he didn't shoot or like 25 if he didn't shoot quite the percentage that he shot overall. But he did it really efficiently. He did it at a really high level and he did it without the threat of Julian Reese, which I think is big time because when you think about Maryland basketball, I said it going into the game. I thought we had the best two players on the court and that's why I said we would win. Even though we were underdogs, I thought we had the best two players on the court and I thought they were experienced and Jameer Young's experience showed out, but Julian Reese did absolutely nothing in that game. One point foul trouble the entire game did nothing but we had the best player on the court and he made up and at one point he was outscoring UCLA and he made up for Julian Reese which is pretty amazing he made up think about it 19 plus 19 what is that 38 so he had 37 so usually Julian Reese and Jameer Young are both hovering around 19 20 points so he made up for the lack of performance from Julian Reese so basically, I kind of think of it as, which is kind of a different way, he performed as two players, as two star players for the Turks. And then Dante Scott also, <coughs> excuse me, did had a really good game himself overall. So it's a very exciting time for Maryland basketball, but I will say this. This game against UCLA, I don't know. It brought out some concerns for me. I'll tell you about those concerns after this ad from eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts with your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers.
This game against UCLA, great win, amazing win on the road at UCLA. It was a great win. But I have more concerns now than I had going into the game, which I think is saying something because we had a lot of concerns going into the game overall. Let's look at it. It was our first road win of the season, which is a pretty amazing thing to do to go to UCLA into that. The environment wasn't crazy at all. I'll say that. I can't say that environment. I guess the the students were on Christmas break, which makes sense, but there wasn't a lot of fans. The commentators, Bill Walton, who has he's pretty crazy as a commentator. He says some outlandish things. I know you guys heard some of that stuff. I was like, what is he talking about? Some of the things um, Walton was saying, but it wasn't a tough atmosphere to plan at all, but still to go play UCLA, to travel all the way to California and to get that type of win is big time for the Terps. But I have more concerns going in and at the bigger picture and keeping a realistic look at what the Maryland basketball team is. I have more concerns than I did going into the game. Number one concern. Jameer Young had an awesome game. Jameer Young did great things. Jameer Young put up an awesome stat line and whatever. And Jameer Young is great. He's our best player. He's one of the best players in the Big Ten, for sure, hands down. But the Terps are too Jameer Young dependent right now. We're way too Jameer Young dependent because look at this game. I know I talked about this in the first segment. Jameer Young had 37, and I think he needed all of the 37 for us to win this game. If he has 28, I don't know if we win this game. If he even has 30, I don't know if we win this game. If he doesn't start the game scoring eight eight points, eight straight points, eight of our first eight points, and if he doesn't do that, I don't know if we win this game. It's way too Jameer Young dependent. We rely on this guy for scoring, for playmaking, for shooting ability right now. He's he's been shooting a really high percentage from the three-point arc. And if he, if the defenses start keying in hard on him and they start focusing really hard on him on Big Ten play, that's what they're going to do. Everyone's going to help off of their guys on the Maryland team. It's going to be the number one thing that teams are going to want to do is shut down Jameer Young. And if teams are able to do that, and maybe not necessarily shut him down, but limit him maybe to 14, 13, 15 points, do we have enough other offense to continue to win games? I can't say we do right now. I don't think we have enough shot creators. We don't have enough shot makers or shot creators. There's a difference between a shot creator and a shot maker. I think of guys like Jamie Kaiser and Noah Bachelor as shot makers. They can shoot the three. They can make some big-time shots, but they can't really create for others. Jameer Young is a shot creator. I think Deshaun Harris-Smith, his potential is as a shot creator and as a playmaker. And you need and Julian Reese, I think of as a shot creator down on the post. But you need more shot creators. And the only shot creator I see right now is Jameer Young. And Julian Reese, yeah, him too, but he struggled last game. So in this type of game where Julian Reese was off, if Jameer Young or Julian Reese is off, does 
does Julian Reese have to drop 35 when Jameer Young is off for us to win the game? And I know we won by nine, but that game, they got it within two. The reason we won late was because of Jameer Young. Did you, will Julian Reese have to drop 35 when Jameer Young's off? Or will someone else be able to make up for it? That's really my big concern. I don't think we have enough playmakers, guys, that can get shots. That's why I think our offense is struggling, and I see it. When it's not Jameer Young, okay. Maybe Deshaun Harris Smith once in a while will be able to get to the basket or hit a shot. But I don't see a lot of guys that create shots for themselves. I don't see a lot of shot creators. And when you get into Big Ten play, when these defenses are going to step up and they're going to know how to slow down Jameer Young, their best their best guard defender is going to be on him, and they're really going to key in on this guy. Will other guys be able to create shots for themselves and others? And I haven't seen that. I didn't see this that in this game against UCLA. I think we're too Jameer Young dependent. Also, Julian Reese. That's a concern now. Julian Reese had one point. One point. I promise you, if Julian Reese has one point ever again in a game, we're not winning it. We're not winning the game. This game against UCLA, I don't want to say is lucky, but for Jameer Young to shoot 13 of 19 from the field, is that going to happen again? No, probably not. It's a really high percentage to shoot from the field. Julian Reese didn't play well, and... It felt like UCLA kind of had it covered. They had their really talented sophomore big man on him that's really big and long, and Julian Reese didn't even try to create stuff offensively, it felt like. He only got a couple of post-ups. He only got a couple of looks down low, and I know he was in foul trouble, which is another concern, but Julian Reese didn't even really try to create offense when he was in there. So that's a concern for me going into Big Ten play because, okay, he's been feasting against the UMBCs and the Mount St. Mary's of the world. But can he, is he going to continue to feast against guys that we're about to play going into Big Ten play? I don't know. I didn't see it against UCLA. And those defenders are more similar to what we're going to see. And then the foul trouble. Foul trouble is a concern for Julian Reese and Swat and Rogers. Those guys are getting into foul trouble way too much for our two bigs. Swat and Rogers played like three minutes and got in major foul trouble like right away it was it was crazy I was like what he just got into the game and he's got like four fouls it didn't make sense a lot but Julian Reese has to learn how to play without fouling I think college basketball in general and basketball in general I think guys can do a better job of playing defense without fouling it's hard it's hard to block shots and disrupt stuff without fouling but Julian Reese has to realize that he is our second best player right now and we need him down low and he can't get into foul trouble. But Julian Reese is definitely a concern for me. I think we're way too Jameer Young dependent. And I don't know what we really have outside of Jameer Young and Julian Reese when he's on. Okay, Dante Scott has stepped up. But I was just hoping that there was more consistent other players stepping up and we didn't have to depend on our top two players so much for scoring. Ah. It just seems like it's going to be hard to stay on this path of our best two players having to play well. And sure, other guys definitely have the ability to step up, but I just haven't seen much of it. And I go into this game thinking if Julian Reese hits a slump or if Jameer Young hits a slump, I don't think we have a chance. 
And I think it's a lot of pressure on those two players to play well. So I have a lot more concerns after this UCLA game. And I know a great performance is a great performance, but those performances are never going to stay consistent. You're never going to continue to drop 37 in a college game or drop 30. It's just not going to really happen. But I know Jameer Young is going to be able to get us buckets, but who else can do it? I still have a lot of concerns about this Maryland basketball team, and I hope they prove me completely wrong and show that they can score the ball and that Julian Reese, it was just a bad day, and they're not too Jameer Young dependent, and other guys can step up. But I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of it. Let's talk about the Jordan Seaton situation. I'm sure all of you guys know. I This will be the last time I probably talk about Jordan Seaton, but Maryland's going to be okay without Seaton. Yes, five star, all of that. I thought I came on here and said, and I and I was being honest. He's going to be an NFL player. He's going to be a really good player. He's a top notch recruit, top offensive tackle in the country, and I think he's the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And Colorado got a really good player. And who knows what was going on with the situation with Maryland. At one point, he was crystal balled to go to Maryland. But Maryland's okay without him. And I think Jordan Seaton, honestly, I think he's better off at Colorado. And some of you guys might not want to might not want to hear that and might say, you're wrong. And like, I'm supposed to say, okay, Jordan Seaton is better off here because of this, that, and that, because of our coaching staff or because he's close to home. And really, that's the only reason I can come up with this because it's closer to home and it's a chance for him to be playing in front of his city and his fan or his family and stuff like that and the chance to play right away. But he also has a chance to play right away at Colorado. But the reason I think he's better off at Colorado is Jordan Seaton has shown over these last couple of weeks and couple of days in this whole recruiting situation and signing day, basically that like he, I don't want to say he needs a lot of attention, but he likes to be in the spotlight. He likes to be in front of the cameras and he likes to draw a lot of attention. I think that's pretty obvious statement after what we watched over these last couple of days and with the him posting with the coach Loxley and Rakeem Jarrett stuff, him waiting to sign and all this different stuff. And then him going on those shows like undisputed and getting on the Rich Eisen show and, and where he um showed that he was committed to Colorado on those shows to get on those Fox shows and do all that kind of stuff. And to be active on Twitter and Instagram and he was the most talked about recruit over these last couple of weeks it seemed like he needed to be in the spotlight he draws the lights he draws the cameras and it's not that Maryland doesn't have the spotlight it's not that we're not in front of the cameras but he needed to be in front of like the tippy top like Oh, it's Hollywood type of stuff. You need to be in front of that type of thing. And that's what Coach Prime has at Colorado. They were the third most watched team in all of college football, which is pretty amazing that Coach Prime was able to do that. And I think he needs to be in front of that. He needs to be in front of all that stuff because they're building that type of thing. They're building the thing that every that there's going to be a lot of viewership on. And if you go into Maryland, this is just my honest opinion. There wouldn't be quite the same flash and glamour that a Colorado would put on for him. So 
it makes sense. And he seems like a guy to be let, that likes to be in front of the camera. So it makes sense to me. I think it's a better fit overall at Colorado because there wouldn't be a lot going on for him at Maryland. Okay, this is basically – this is just me being honest about Maryland. And I love Maryland, of course. But this is me being honest about Maryland. He would have came here and everyone was talking about him in this recruiting period and people would have probably stopped talking about him. Obviously, Maryland fans would be talking about him, and he would be able to play right away, and he would still have a chance to be a great player. He would still be playing really well, but it's not going to be the same eyes on him like it would be at Colorado. And what I see from his personality and what I've seen from him overall, I think I think he's just a better fit overall with over there with Coach Prime. But I think Maryland did a really good job. I think they're okay because I think we did a really good job of the portal on the offensive line and with our offensive line class that we brought in the 2024 class. So honestly, I think we're okay. We're perfectly fine without Jordan C. And he would have brought some attention and some glamour for for a little bit. But at the end of the day, everything would have came back to earth when the when we got closer to the season and and people wouldn't have focused on it as much besides us Maryland fans. But I think overall at Colorado, he gets more of the – he gets more in the spotlight, which I think he needs as a player. But that's overall what I think. Thank you for listening to Locked on Terps. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're here every day talking Maryland football and basketball, so make sure you like and subscribe. But thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.